Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. This podcast is for information only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. If you have any questions, please contact your financial advisor. Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. I'm Rohit Vaswani from Omnis Investments and here to take you through last week's news in financial markets. Unsurprisingly, we saw another week of volatility in stock markets as a direct result of the Russia-Ukraine crisis, with economic and policy news taking a backseat during the week. Things are moving fast, as you can imagine, so please bear in mind that things may have changed by the time you listen to today's podcast. Here are some of the key developments that dragged markets downwards during the week. Over the previous weekend, as I mentioned in last week's episode, the EU, the UK and the US moved to exclude some Russian banks from the SWIFT international banking network. This meant the week started with markets tumbling. Further sanctions were announced midweek, with financial indices around the world announcing they would exclude shares of Russia companies from its indices. Putin's order to raise nuclear forces to a higher state of alert sent worries across Europe in particular and news that Europe's largest nuclear power station had been attacked sent markets lower, though they did stabilise somewhat as we heard news that no radiation had been released. On the flip side, there were a couple of developments that helped cushion some of the stock market blows. Following talks between Ukraine and Russia over the previous weekend, Ukraine announced on Wednesday that it would take part in a second round of talks with Moscow. After the talks on Thursday, a Ukrainian negotiator said the second round had not produced the hoped-for results, although he added that the two sides agreed to speak again. Somewhat more optimistic comments came from Russian officials who highlighted an agreement on humanitarian corridors for civilians. Russia's invasion was denounced by the United Nations General Assembly this week, underscoring Moscow's increasing isolation on the global stage. But let's look at markets in a little bit more detail in terms of what happened last week. And let's start with Russia. Well, following the decision to cut several banks from SWIFT, the Russian stock market was closed during the week. In addition, sanctions were issued on Russia's Ministry of Finance, Central Bank and the National Wealth Fund, prohibiting transactions with these institutions and effectively freezing their foreign reserves. In response to a crash in the Russian ruble versus the US dollar on Monday, the Russian central bank boosted interest rates from 9.5% to 20%. It imposed a temporary ban on non-resident investors holding Russian financial assets and took other actions in an attempt to soften the impact on Russia's financial system. As a reminder, none of the Omnis funds have any direct exposure to Russian investments. So let's move on to the US where the S&P 500 was down just shy of 1.3% during the week. Beyond Ukraine, all eyes are on the US central bank, the Federal Reserve. There had been expectations that the Fed would raise interest rates by about half a percent this month, though many are now expecting this to move by just 0.25%, with some expecting no rises at all this month. The chair of the Federal Reserve, Jeremy Powell, said it was too early to say if Russia's invasion would change its approach over the medium term. Beyond that, we got mixed reports on the economic front, with investors continuing to worry about soaring prices in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and commodity prices were off to their strongest starts to the year since 1915. Sanctions have prompted banks to suspend financing for Russian commodity trades, potentially impacting supplies of energy, crops and metals. Over in Japan, the Nikkei 225 was down over 1.8%.
the government imposed more sanctions on Russia, coordinating its actions with other Western nations. It also announced a range of measures to cushion the impact of sharp increase on petroleum prices, including an increase in the government's subsidy for oil wholesalers, subsidies to taxi operators, and enhanced support measures for other affected industries. As part of a concerted action by members of the International Energy Agency to stabilize oil markets, Japan is set to release 7.5 million barrels of oil from its emergency reserves. In COVID-related developments, the government announced it had reached its target of administering 1 million COVID booster shots per day in mid-February, as it looks to ease restrictions going forwards. Over in China, the CSI 300 was down almost 1.7%, escalating sanctions against Russia and caution ahead of a week-long annual meeting of China's parliament starting on Saturday dampened investor sentiment. China will reportedly announce an official GDP target for the year of 5 to 5.5%, the first time since 1991 that the country's economic growth target will be, will be below 6%. Investors will also watch for signs of more economic stimulus in a politically sensitive year. Beyond this, economic news shows a pickup in activity in manufacturing whilst the property sector continues to face its fair share of challenges. In Europe, the Eurostox 50 dropped almost 10.5%, with stock markets in Germany, France and Italy all falling by more than 10%. European natural gas prices surged to an all-time high above €200 Euros per megawatt hour, while the UK equivalent also hit its highest level ever. Beyond what we have already mentioned, the EU shut down its airspace to Russia, tightened export controls and took further steps in freezing assets of individuals linked to the Putin regime. A growing number of large European companies from a wide array of industries said they would limit, freeze or exit business activities with Russia. Industries including automakers, aviation, energy, finance, industry, entertainment, logistics, technology and professional services. On the economic front, preliminary data showed that inflation in the Eurozone in February accelerated to a record 5.8%, up from 5.1% in January, as costs of energy and food surged. In the UK, the FTSE 100 dropped 6.7% during the week, erasing the gains it had made this year so far. The FTSE 250 fell over 7% and the pound fell against the US dollar, ending the week at $1.3 per pound. Oil giants Shell and BP were both down heavily, even as oil prices continue their recent rally to trade at around $115 a barrel. Financial stocks, including HSBC and Barclays, also slid as the ramping up of sanctions and surging commodity prices fueled fears of further inflation and a hit to economic growth. But of course, it's not just equity markets that have been impacted. Fears of supply disruption spread to a range of products, ranging from wheat and corn to nickel and aluminium, driving commodities to their biggest weekly rise since the 1974 oil crisis. Market panic also pushed investors towards safe haven assets, with the dollar climbing to its highest since 2020. The euro dropped to its lowest level in almost two years. As I mentioned last week, we can expect markets to remain volatile whilst the conflict persists and investors are beginning to worry about the impact this will have on economies, inflation and policies from here. 
Last week, we published a few items on our website around what we have done within the portfolios in light of the changing situation. Over the next few weeks, we will seek to continually update you on the impact this ongoing crisis is having on markets and how our investment managers are positioned in the funds. To get access to these ongoing insights, please speak to your financial advisor or visit our website. We will, of course, be back again next Monday to give you our weekly roundup. Till then. This podcast has been brought to you by Omnis Investments, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.